2: Welcome in here to the Friday Around. I am Ryan Gilbert. Today we are once again joined by former Wildcat Austin Budkey. Austin joined us a few weeks ago on the show when he makes his return. Before we dive into things here on the Shootaround, we're sponsored as always by the Part-Time Beverage Company. Be sure to check them out at your local liquor store. Austin, been a few weeks since we've talked with you. Just uh, overall takeaways from this K-State team over the last number of weeks.
3: Um, man, I've uh, I've kind of been all over the place. I've had a lot of travel since we last talked. Um, luckily, I can record all of the games on YouTube TV. So, um, I think there's been three games so far that I was on a flight and I couldn't watch the game. So, I had the situation where I get all of the, the feedback on Twitter and I get everyone's thoughts, yours included, and then I go back and watch it like the recording after. And, uh, I think. When you do it that way, everything is way more pessimistic. Um, like the Iowa State game on Saturday, I I couldn't watch it. I was I was actually in Mardi Gras, um, and there was no service. Uh, the only yeah. updates I was getting was texts from like my, my brothers and my wife, and I I thought you I would have thought that we were losing by thirty points at halftime. Like everything was so depressing. It, you know we can't do anything. Where nothing's going right. And then I went back and watched the game when I got home, and we played pretty well i was like all right yeah that's a tough game at home against a really well coached team so i think uh you know we obviously had a little little lull there um i think we lost three of four obviously and everyone uh on social media was acting like the world was gonna end but dude as as we talk about all the time this league is a slaughterhouse i mean ku lost three games earlier this year in a row like when's the last time that happened so i think I think we're kind of past that little rough stretch that every single team is going to have inevitably, and now you know we're we're back to being we're going to win the national championship here we come watch out um, that's that's how things go here when you're when we're down everyone's down when we're up everyone's up so we're on the upswing here in the roller coaster and uh, I'm excited for it man. You think
2: Scott Drew lost that game on purpose just to help out his former assistant coach Trump thing?
3: Dude, they looked rough. That, I mean, I don't know what was – I was sitting there last last night watching the game wondering, are, do we look good or does Baylor just look this bad? And I think probably a little bit of both. I think more of the latter. They Fran Fraschilla was all over it. He called it from the jump. Fran was like, man, these guys look tired. They have no energy. They're not guarding. And they're not a good defensive team anyway. I, like every statistic, Baylor is the worst defensive team in the Big 12 which is strange because when I was playing, um, you know, they were just chock full of like six, nine dudes and you couldn't make a pass because they all had seven, three wingspans and there was no passing windows. And now it's like Swiss cheese, man. They, that was rough. Um, And Fran kept talking about tired. You know, they just played at KU on Saturday. That was obviously an emotional loss for them. They stayed in Kansas. I you don't know where they stayed, Topeka or whatever, you know, so it's not like they were going out. In, in Topeka um, or wherever the hell they stayed, um, so I don't know what the excuse was. I, I don't know how you're tired. Like this yeah. is the Big Twelve, everyone's tired, but that's why you do conditioning in the off season, and that's what you get prepared for things like this. So I don't, I don't see that as an excuse. I think I don't think Fran was trying to make it an excuse. I think Fran was just calling it out. Like Baylor looks tired. They have no energy. There's no intensity, and it showed, man. They looked really bad and I think that I mean just credit to us for capitalizing like those are the type of games where if you catch a really 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 talented Baylor team on a weird night where they not have energy that you have to take advantage of those games and and we did man we looked really good I want to
2: talk about having fresh feet um later on here in the second half but I'm curious Austin where's the where's the Michelob Ultra what is that a sweet tea
3: This is a uh Costco brand um Lacroix or I guess uh, sparkling water. Oh, man. It's 12:30 on a Wednesday. Um <laughs> it's it, I I'm never opposed to cracking open a Michelob Ultra but you know we were just talking offline. I uh I'm jumping on a flight here in 6 hours to go to Tampa for a for a golf trip and I have not ready. I'm not prepared. I have not packed. I have not mentally prepared myself for the uh endeavor that I'm going to be uh partaking over the next six days so i'm trying to front load the hydration right here um Smart. but there will be plenty of nickelode vultures have this weekend but you don't worry about that
2: well that just shows you how much austin cares about the friday shoot around that he's able to squeeze time in with us
3: dude we gotta we gotta hydrate we gotta you know i'm not gonna be like baylor out there this weekend i'm not gonna be <laughs> low energy on the golf course um you know tired like i'm gonna i gotta get my conditioning in now <laughs> back to basketball um let's let's
2: digress and or let's let's dive into this Baylor game a little bit. Kante uh, Johnson man if he plays like that 25 points against the Bears if he plays like that where he can just go out and score he you know I think he hit a three pointer or two and he can dunk it you know his mid-range game is very strong. If he can do that Kansas State it's not going to take a miracle for this team to make a deep run in March would you agree?
3: Yeah dude that I mean we talked about the last time I was on Absolutely free money yesterday Um, if you took. I, I took this bet. I almost te- texted you before I placed it, but I didn't want to be wrong Um, knowing that I was coming on here today. <laughs> I should have done it. It was so, so easy money. Chianti Johnson, 15-plus points. Chianti George, 15-plus points. Parlay last night was plus 125. Yeah. So getting yeah. a little bit of juice on both of our best player and their best player to have 15 points or more. Or I, I was like, this is, once again, I thought I was taking crazy pills. I mean, Keonti Johnson, dude, and Fran touched on this yesterday. He shows up for every big game. I mean, Texas, KU, Baylor, it doesn't matter. Like, if, if we are playing, like, an intense – like, that the spread is three points or under, like, I'm just going to start blindly betting Keonti Johnson, like, point props. Like, the dude shows up for the big games. And I think what showed yesterday is – there was a there was a rough stretch where Keontae, I, I think he even admit he was not playing well. He was turning he was having more turnovers than points, and to me it was just he became so reliant on head down. I'm going to get into the lane and I'm just going to try to bully everyone. And it was became so predictable. And I mean I feel like I saw the same play over and over and over again through that stretch where he would catch the ball and he would just go right as hard as he can, head down, and everyone is in there slapping their hands. And, you know, that's where you get turnovers. And I think yesterday in the last you know few games that he's played really well, it's just been, it's been cutting. He got a lot of points yesterday just on making super simple cuts and getting free buckets at the basket. But then, man, like I know the analytics nerds hate mid range jump shots and, and high post ups and stuff, but he is so damn good at just, taking his time in the mid post at the free throw line and just elevating and shooting 12 to 15 foot jumpers. I mean, it's, I mean, Fran Fischolo was calling him uh, who, who do you, he compared him to Mitch Richmond or Rolando Blackman, one of the two yesterday. And I was like, ah, Fran, I don't know if you want to go there, but like, he, he does <laughs> kind of have like a, a, an older game, just like that mid range game, which, like I said, you know, every single analytic, person out there will tell you it's that's not the shots you want to take in in today's basketball but he is uh he is elite in that range and i was it was refreshing yesterday to see him just go back to what he's so good at and not you know not don't it, it, he didn't force anything i guess is what i'm trying to say didn't, he didn't really sure. one time put his head down and go which was which was great to see man
2: mark easton well against baylor didn't really light up the the scoring, but 10 assists, zero turnovers, how important can that be to obviously help out his team, but help out Keontae Johnson as
3: well? That was his best game yesterday. That was his best game I've ever seen him play. And I said it at at halftime. Uh, I know if you look at the stat line afterwards, it's, you know, it's like, oh, wait, great, Austin, that's not really a hot take. He had 10 assists, zero turnovers. But, I mean, he was in such control. He was so under control, which, um, you know, I think – He is such a boomer bust player that I I I mean I like it when he scored. What do you have? Thirty some points against Baylor last time. His stat line the last time we played was insane, and I think he's capable of those games. That's why I never bet Marquise Noel points props because he's either going to have thirty two points or he's going to have six. So I I just stay away from those. Um, But yesterday was so impressive, man. He was he made so many right decisions. Um, I thought he was locked in defensively. I think those two guards at Baylor, um, Cryer and Flagler, like those guys get a lot of pub. I mean, they're really good, so it's deserved. But I think I think Marquise kind of had a little chip on his shoulder and he he locked in a little bit more defensively. But man, that was that was fun to watch. I I'm a little bit apprehensive that maybe Baylor just sucks on defense and that's why it just looks so easy. So I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. But I think if you're a K-State fan, like just seeing how Marquise handled that game yesterday, just knowing, like, hey man, like I don't have to come out here and just throw it up and score. Like, what I really need to do is just facilitate and make sure that we're getting open shots. Um, you know, he can't do that every game because we're gonna need some games, especially in the tournament, where we're gonna need him to have 25 points. But that was that was a different player than I than I've seen uh during his tenure at K-State, and it was it was awesome. <laughs>
2: We'll wrap it up with this for the first half. I want to talk about Desi Sills and and having him in the starting lineup. What do you think? Kind of went behind that decision was Tang? Maybe wanted to go a little smaller. Was he taking some advice from from certain people, or do you think it was just a matter of, of Desi earning that spot?
3: I don't know, man. That's uh, Fran kind of mentioned that at the beginning of the game, and I can't remember what Fran said. I, I don't, I don't really look a lot into like who starts and who doesn't. Like sometimes it's just. I know like when I was there, like Weber sometimes would switch up the starting lineups and it was almost always like a motivation thing. He either wanted someone to get going. So he's like, hey, this this guy that's coming has been coming off the bench. I'm going to start him with the hope that it like triggers something in his brain. Or if it was the opposite where someone has been starting and they have been, you know, underperforming, like I'm going to sit them this game to try to like light a fire under them. I don't remember like one time when I was playing where coach was like, I'm going to start this person. Instead of this person because of some strategic advantage, because at the end of the day, I mean, you're going to play who you think's going to win, whether they come off the bench or not. So I'm, if I had to guess, I'm guessing it was some sort of like spark plug thing where um, like, I like the move. Like Desi is, um, I think he's the ultimate sixth man just because he comes off the bench and he's like, I mean, he's just like an energizer bunny. Uh, he's just all over the place. I mean, that play against Iowa state that like blew up and, you know, has a bunch of impressions on Twitter. I mean, that's just like, that's what he does. And I love guys that come off the bench and do that. But I mean, he showed yesterday that he's just as good to be in the starting lineup. So, I mean, either way, I, I don't think, I don't think coach can really go wrong. I, I didn't look too much into it. I'm, I'm just, my hunch is that it was some motivation thing, one or the other, but who knows.
2: He is Austin Budke. I'm Ryan Gilbert. We'll take a quick break here on the Friday shoot around
4: Selling a little. Or a lot. <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Podcast.
2: Welcome back in here to the Friday Shootaround. I am Ryan Gilbert. Today we're joined by former Wildcat Austin Bud T. Austin, let's jump right back into things here with Kansas State basketball. They've lost five in a row on the road. Obviously, Grand Lodge Coliseum has been a good place to play, but two of the final three games are away from home. Uh, are you concerned about Kansas State losing these games just because they're on the road? They're, you know, These are probably the two easiest. Maybe you can throw Oklahoma in there with the easiest game on the road. But West Virginia, Oklahoma State, those teams are near the bottom. Can Kansas State win both of these games? Are you satisfied with just one? What are your kind of thoughts on just these road games coming up? <laughs>
3: I, dude, it is so tough to win on the road. I, I mean, and that's, that's like the least uh, hot take of all time, but I don't, I think where we're at right now, I mean, I think you have to look at it from wh- like, what are your expectations? If you're one of those people that's like, we need to, we need to try to continue to win the big 12 and we need to be a top two seed. Then I think if, if you're, if your goal is that, then you have to win the last three um to me i don't i don't realistically i don't think we can win the big 12 i think ku is just playing too well right now we were two games behind them with three to play we'd really need them to trip up so I, i've kind of i had you know i had 150 to one bet at the beginning of the year i've i've, I've kind of given up on that uh unfortunately but um so I, to me i just want to I'm, I'm more interested in watching like Right now we have a ton of momentum and I'm more interested in like, even if we drop one of these in a super close game, like how do we play? Like, do we continue to play? Like this is every college basketball analyst always talks about peaking at the right time. And it is such a true thing. Like there's sure. tons of peaks and valleys throughout the season. We talked about it earlier. Like we lot we lost three or four. Hey, you lost three in a row. Baylor started Oh and four. So there's all these peaks and valleys. Like right now we're playing really well. We're getting back to kind of like how we did at the beginning of the year. I just think we got to we got to keep playing hard. And if we win all three, great. If we go two and one, I'm fine. If we drop both road games in a super close games, not the end of the world, man. Um, I still think we'll be a decently high seed in the Big 12 tournament. And as long as we don't like get blown out or anything, I think we'll be a top three, probably four seed in the NCAA tournament. So um, I, I, I just think that – it's similar to like my senior year, my senior year. Like we had a really weird stretch, like right about this time. I think we played, we were on the bubble basically the entire year. And we, I think the third to last game or second. Yeah. I think there was three games left. We went to Oklahoma and we, Oklahoma was the worst team in the league that year, if you remember. And we got absolutely horse raced. Like we lost by 35. Like it wasn't even close. It was an absolute disaster. And that was like the moment where we we as a team and I think the coaching staff knew it like this is the inflection point like we only there's only two games left in the regular season you have big 12 play and then you have the tournament if you make it like if you're going to be one of those teams that's peaking at the right time you have to go up from here like you can't go down and we as a team went up like we went two on the road at a really good TCU team and one we beat Baylor in the big 12 tournament so we were peaking at the right time. And we, you know, luckily got into the tournament. And I think we're at that very stage here um, with this team where I just I want to see them, I wanna see them continue to play well and like that upward trajectory so that by the time we get to the Big Twelve tournament and in March Madness, that, you know, it doesn't really matter like what our record is at this point. It's really all for seeding. But I'm more interested in like how are we playing? Like are we are we peaking at the right time?
2: Which K-State team do you think is the true K-State team? The one that we saw, I guess, the last two games and in the beginning of conference play, or is it kind of that team that you talked about losing three or four? I think they lost five or seven at one point. Which team, I know that you got to get hot and, and click at, at the right time heading into March,
3: but which team do you really think was the real K-State team? I think the last two games is a pretty accurate representation of of how we what we are as a team. Um, and that is a team that brings a lot of energy. We're a weird matchup team. We have some really, really good scores. Um defensively, we're still just not great. I mean, we're just not great. We're gonna have some dumb turnovers. Yesterday I thought we did really well. We, you know, we only had what, seven turnovers or something. I think the first two games of Big 12, Texas and Baylor, those were anomalies. I actually went back and watched the Texas game because I had it recorded. Uh, I like just skimmed through it and watched some of like the the most important plays. That was, dude, we looked like an NBA team. We, we were, we were in true effort mode. Like it was, it was the do him offense. There was no, it was dribble. We're going to push everything and it's one, two pass. If you're open shoot and we, you know, we're making everything. We shot like 60% from the field against Texas. I think those were just two games it, honestly, what I think, I think we had such a chip on our shoulder those first two Big 12 games against Baylor and Texas. Like, I think those, like, our team came to play and was just like, man, we are going to show everyone, everyone that picked us to finish last. Like, we're going to show you. And it was just, it was like an out of body experience. Like, when, when everything is against you and you just go out there and it's just no consequences, like, we're just going to go. I think that rough stretch we had was kind of the, Opposite of that, where we probably got a little content, and you know we're ranked high, and everyone's talking about us, we're getting all this publicity, and we start to tighten up a little bit. We started playing like a just a team that we're not built to be. We started slowing things down more, and and I just think we need to really go. I think the last two games we kind of got back to our roots. Yesterday specifically, where push everything in transition. Like I I don't care if it's a made basket or not, go and man, like we just. We can't we can't slow the ball up. There was a couple of times yesterday, especially in that first half. I think what did Baylor go on? A 21 to three run, I think. Yep. Yep. And I think the key piece of that that run is we tried to like slow things down. We got up 10. And I think our natural reaction was like, Well, okay, we're up 10. Like, let's try to, you know, let's try to figure things out. Yep. You know, Marquise was like kind of walking the ball up the court. We'd call out a play. We'd set a high ball screen with 12 seconds left on the shot clock. Just like, no, go, go, go. Like, we are an elite driving kick team. Um, when we get into the paint, we can find open people. We have people that can make shots. I know we haven't been making a ton of shots recently, but you know, that comes and goes. So I think the last two games are like probably a good balance of like where we are as a team, where we're gonna have some drawbacks defensively, specifically rebounding. Um, but we have enough scoring on offense and we're, we're, we're really well coached. I think we make a lot of good in-game adjustments and stuff. So um, I think if we play the rest of the season, like we have the last two games, dude, like, I mean, we can, uh, like I said, I I don't want to be the people on Twitter that are talking about winning national championships yet, but I mean, we really can't beat anyone if we play like that.
2: Scott and Drew mentioned after the Baylor game that the big 12 is the best that he's ever seen it from top to bottom. I'm curious, how much do you, I guess, by and large, has the Big 12 changed since you were playing in it? You know, you mentioned Baylor being a team that's more offensively driven now than defensively driven than when you were playing against them. I mean, has it really changed that much? I, I don't know if you haven't been watching like the Big 12 night in the night out with every game. You've at least seen every team that Kansas State's played almost twice now each, right? So how much has this league changed? Is it really that much better than what you played in it? You know what it was like?
3: I mean I don't I don't think I think it might be better um, it's hard to compare um, but as deep I don't I don't think it's been any different you know Fran was talking I think Fran mentioned yesterday that this Big 12 this conference this year is the best conference he's ever seen well that very well may be true but my senior year we broke the Big 12 broke the record that would have been the 2016 2017 season we broke the record for highest average RPI I, I don't even think RPI is a metric they use anymore. But back in the day, like everything was based on RPI, and the Big Twelve, the average RPI that year was the high, it broke the record of, like all time. And I just told the story like the worst team that year was Oklahoma. Um, they had just come off that Final Four team. They had a, a lot of like new guys, it was young faces, and they smashed us. The worst team in the Big Twelve beat just absolutely ran us out of the gym. And it's similar to this year. Like any Texas Tech starts what zero and ten, and now. They're on the bubble. like where the hell did that come from? Um, my my senior year was was crazy because um KU was obviously really good that year. Baylor, people forget that Baylor, we went on the road. We beat Baylor twice that year. We went two and one against Baylor. um and both times we beat them. they were number two in the country. Um, and then West Virginia was a top 10 team that year. TCU Oklahoma State made the second round of the tournament. That was uh, Underwood's first year. TCU, that, I think that was Jamie Dixon's first year, and they were. I mean, we finished I think sixth or seventh in the Big Twelve, and we, you know, won a game in the tournament. Um, and I think that year reminds me a lot of this year, and just the the fact that I mean, it's like every single game. I mean, looking at our schedule, we play we at Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma at West V we'll probably we're a top 10 team in the country and we'll probably be underdogs in two of those games like that's insane that at the last three games in this conference we're, like we're probably going to be underdogs in two of them Mickey, you just you don't you don't get that anywhere man it is it is a
2: gauntlet I want to ask you about Fran Persilla. you've mentioned him like seven or eight times Do you think he's probably the best commentator in college basketball
3: Brand is my guy. I love that dude. Yeah. Um yeah. him and I we chatted all the time when I was playing. I think we had a mutual respect for each other. Um I think he he really liked the way that I played and so you know we chopped it out chopped it up a lot. He is someone for me like as a basketball nerd, like it's it's hard for me to watch games, especially K-State games as a fan. Like I watch it as like from a coaching style because it's just ingrained in my brain. I, I watched so much film and uh, everything from my playing days. I I analyze everything, and Fran is like always. If I'm thinking something, like yesterday for example, right when they come out, my first reaction was, "Man, Baylor looks slow. Like these guys just look like they don't want to be here." And then 30 seconds later, Fran makes a comment saying, "Man, Baylor looks really tired." So. We're, we're in lockstep. Uh, he's also hilarious. If you catch him like outside of commentating, um, I sat next to him uh, the year after I graduated. I, I went to um, what was, it? Oh, it was an exhibition game against Emporia State. It was the year after I, I uh, left school and I actually sat next to him in the front row. Um, for some reason, he was in town and wanted to catch a Kansas State versus Emporia State exhibition game, which God bless him. Good for him. <laughs> um, and we just chatted the whole time. And God, he was cracking me up with some of his stories. And the other the all time Fran Fashilla story, man, is I think it was my senior year, maybe my junior year. Yeah, I think it was my senior year. I can't remember. We were playing. I think it was the Big 12 tournament. We were in Kansas City. We were playing at the T-Mobile Center, Sprint Center. And I had just, I had just played a pretty decent game, like for my standards, you know, like a good game for me is like four rebounds and two points. So, you know, I was feeling pretty good, you know, played a good game. Higher than your GPA, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, If My goal was to always score more points than my GPA. I think I probably did that like five times. So, um, my, uh, I I was walking out of the concourse at the, at the sprint center and I caught him and he said, Hey, Bucky, Bucky, come here. I got to, I got to ask you something. And I'm like, all right. And he was with someone, I don't know, like one of his coworkers or something at ESPN. And he said, Hey, you, you had a couple, you know, really good rebounds tonight. Do you think that, do you think that being a chemical engineer helps you in getting those rebounds? Like, do you think you can like see the angles better and like, know, like where the ball is bouncing. And it was, it was the funniest question I've ever been asked. And, I just didn't even want to because like the obvious answer is like, no, like you think I'm out there like looking at obtuse <laughs> angles and trying to traject, like I'm a chemical engineer. I'm not a physicist, but I just, I thought the question was so funny that I was just like, yeah, you know, that you know, Fran, now that you mentioned it, like I think, I, I think it does happen. And he was like, so excited. He's like, that's, that's great to hear. I'm going to use that. And then sure enough, I think the next game when I checked in, like he told that story on the air, he's like, I talked to Austin Budke after the game and, He was telling me how being a chemical (laughs) engineer helps him with rebounding and stuff. And God, he's just the most wholesome dude. Like he just loves the game. He loves the insights on that. And uh, he's, if he's, if you ever get a chance to like just catch him, like have a beer with him. um, He's, he's got some fun stories, man. He's, he's awesome.
2: I think I appreciate most about Fran is he tells it like it is. And I think that's why certain fan bases don't like him. You know, I'm not, Taking a jab at KU, but I know their fans don't love him, but they just sometimes can't handle the truth.
3: Yeah, he that dude is plugged in. Like he talks, he knows he knows everything. And so he's very subtle about it. Um and he knows what goes on and, and everything. He's very yeah. tuned in. He's not oblivious. And he is not afraid to make subtle jabs uh about stuff like that. And me selfishly i wish he would just go i wish he would just go all the way and just one of these days like just melt down and talk about it uh everything that you know he knows but um you know he's he's authentic and he's he is very knowledgeable about the college basketball, but specifically the big club, like he spends a lot of time with these teams. He knows, he knows every roster, he knows every play style. And like I said, whenever I'm watching a Fran game, it's, it just feels like my like my perception of what is happening is always like a lockstep with, with what he's saying, which is, which is like the most the highest compliment I could give a commentator.
2: Austin, before I let you go, dude, I want to ask if you've got any locks coming up for K-State basketball
3: um let's look here so we go at oklahoma state 1 p.m game espnu saturday i'm i'm staying away from that unless we're like 12. i'm not touching that then what we have oklahoma 7 p.m that's a tuesday um wednesday i think it's a wednesday game okay uh one p or uh 7 p.m i'll have to i'll have to look and see what's going on there that if we lose at Oklahoma state, that could be a Keontae Johnson game. Um, Just bet like 15 points or 20 plus points. And then at West Virginia, if, if we're underdogs in that game, I'll probably take K state. I think that's a game where West Virginia is going to have enough to play for their crowds going to be, their crowds going to be going. And I, I feel like we show up for those games. Like as long, like, we're kind of like we show up for the big games. We kind of talked about a little bit with Keontae. So that might be one I have circled depending on the line. Um, We'll probably be two or three point underdogs. So that's definitely a game I think we can win. I think we match up well against West Virginia. Um, But other than that, man, these last three games are weird. I I thought yesterday was – I had two big bets. I had K-State plus one and a half, um, which I felt pretty good about, and then – you know, I already talked about it. the the, the uh, chianti Kiante fifteen point parlay. Looking at the box score now, I should have just done a twenty point parlay because they both scored twenty. So, <laughs> um, I guess beggars can't be choosers. But uh, I'll let you know. I'll text you um, if I see sure. any anything hot, and you can uh, you can share it with your audience. I'll follow Mr. Budke, my financial advisor.
2: <laughs> my chemical engineer. I don't I don't know money. Same thing. Bill Pearson can help us with that, right?
4: Yeah.
2: Okay. We'll have to get you and him and, and Mason here at some point here in the studio.
3: Yeah. Let's do it, man. I'm, I'm down. Um, big 12 tournaments coming up. If you're going to be in KC um, let's, yep. let's link up for the big 12 tournament. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to actually be on the road at a work trip for the third for Wednesday, Thursday of the big 12 tournament. I don't know, but. Um, I'll plan on having a beer with you. And if not, I'll just hit up France. call. good. Dude, what? here we go i'll text fran and we'll get him on the podcast me you fran and uh pearson can help produce it
2: so yeah yeah
3: here we
2: go cool austin Budkey i appreciate you joining here on the friday shoot around once again we are sponsored by the part-time beverage company